0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I, I do know this it is so easy for singing to just become the thing that we do, because we've always done it. And so we're just doing this thing because once this is done, the pastor preaches and we can get out of here. <laughs> Maybe it's not quite like that, but um, like the song that was just sung, I mean, that, that spoke to my heart. Uh, the, the Bible truths in that song uh, deals with when you have an issues, and we all have issues. Uh, we all have difficult days. We all have hard times, and we're here with our, you know, Sunday morning clothes on and we've got this persona, but, but down inside is the real us and back in your car when you pull in and get into the house. That's where, you know, they say the rubber meets the road and who you really are comes out and your family is really, becomes what your family really is. And there's some difficulties in all of those circumstances, we know that. We know we struggle at work trying to be what God would want us to be. We know what it's like trying to raise a family and children. We know there's struggles there. There's personal struggles that if Christians don't learn how to turn to God and go to the throne of grace, you'll never know what it means to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And God wants to do that. And hopefully you'll let those words of songs speak to your heart, and, and walk with you through the week, and it'll, it'll be a help. It'll be an encouragement to you. certainly will. Um, we're in Ephesians chapter 5. We're getting back there now after Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I preached a Christmas message, and then I preached a New Year's message last Sunday, and then so today. I'm going to get back into and I'm excited to be back in uh, the book of Ephesians. I love this book. It's been such an encouragement for me as a pastor. Um, So hopefully the things that are being said here can um, really work into the everyday working of our lives, uh, who we are. Uh, Like when we come to church, what do you think God is expecting of us? Is it what a group of men got together one day and sat down and said, here's what church should be like, and they, they just jotted their own ideas down? Or did the Holy Spirit of God move upon the hearts of men and give us exactly what God wants us to do? And I think you all know it's the latter. God um, gave us through the Holy Spirit and into the Word of God what a church is supposed to look like and then how to carry that into our homes um, and in our everyday life. It's been a help to me. And hopefully as a congregation we can uh, really uh, allow Christ to enrich us and, and live his life through us And be what God is is looking for. So today, uh, as I said, I'm going to preach a message entitled, Singing at Church. Hopefully it's not limited to that. I hope you sing uh, in the car. Some of you like to sing in the shower. Some of you uh, just love to sing wherever you're at. Uh, Jenny Byers, one of our dear friends, um, does not even realize it. And honestly, she doesn't. But every time she's at our house... Whether she's up, she's bringing her luggage into the house, she's helping set the table, it doesn't matter what she's doing, she's humming. And I said, Jenny, what are you humming? She goes, I'm not humming. I said, you're humming. What was it? I don't know. I was just humming, I guess. It's one thing just to make music. It's another to sing songs that uh, will build your life up. And that's what God wants. That's the way God has designed it. So let's look, if you will. We're, uh, we've worked our way down through chapter 5. Remember, we've talked about how um, verse 1 of that chapter says to follow God. You can see that right away there in verse 1, uh, be therefore followers of God as dear children. So in other words, watch what the Father does and do that. And And he gives several ways that we do that. We're supposed to walk in love and uh, moves on down several other thoughts how Christians are to live their life walk in light walk in love Um, now we're getting down to where God has given to us verse 18 if you remember I believe it was three services ago we talked about what it means in verse 18 can you look there with me and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess But be filled with the Spirit. Now look back up here. Let me just say this. Remember, to be filled with the Spirit means that, uh, number one, God lives inside of me with the Holy Spirit anyway. So why is he telling me to be filled with the Spirit if he is already in me? I'll never get any more of God than I already have right now. So surely I'm filled with the Spirit. But if you'll remember to be filled with the Spirit in the way that God means it here, it really means that the Spirit is now in control. I've known homes where a daddy lives in the home, but daddy is not in control. <laughs> Neither one of the parents are. Um, and it, and if, you, if the parents are controlling a home, you know, they guide and they direct. If the Spirit of God is in control, then I'm filled with the Spirit. If He's the one that leads my day, shows me what's right and wrong, and I'm trying to, and I'm not saying I don't make mistakes and stumble, we all will but we get it right, and then we move right along, and let the Spirit of God lead our life. Uh, So I yield to Him, I seek forgiveness of sins, um, and and I surrender my members to the Lord, my body to God, and say, Lord, take me and use me, and if there's anything between me and you today, please forgive me. I want to be right with my my God, and it's really as simple as that, meaningful when I say that, and uh, I, I don't have to then you know some preachers have preached and said well you just you just need to claim the fullness of the spirit well you know walk into a bank and just say i want to claim the money in this bank and just give it to me right now tell me how well that works it works just as good to just say well i'm going to claim the spirit of god in my life it doesn't happen you have to meet certain qualifications you need a clean vessel confess your sins and you need a yielded vessel. Here's my life. Here's my body. God, use me. When you do that, genuinely, the Spirit of God fills us. Takes control of my mind and my thinking. And, um, and it's a daily process. It's a moment-by-moment process. But here's what I will tell you. That as you're filled with the Spirit, God begins to walk down through this passage and shows us things that become very natural to people who are now filled with the Spirit. It would just be an awesome thing in any church service if everybody walked in filled with the Spirit. Some people are thinking, well, if that happened, people would be jumping up and down the aisles, arms would be waving, hooting, and hollering, praising God. Uh, Others have told me that they saw a guy filled with the Spirit, and he jumped up from the pew and ran around the auditorium well, I don't know if that's being filled with the Spirit or not, but I'm not saying that's what's going to happen if we're filled with the Spirit. What, you, what will happen is you'll come in here and your heart will be open, and you'll be anxious to know, what's God got to say for me today? And how can I make some changes in my life today that will best uh, allow the Spirit to work through my life? I mean, it's really simple. How can I be a better dad or a mom or you know, a, a teenager or whatever for God's sake? And you'll be ready for that. You'll be, you'll be excited about that. I don't know if you've had a chance. Well, let me back up. We all have had our chance. I don't know if you took the time this morning before you came to church to just spend some time with the Lord and just yield to Him. And if you haven't, then here's what you need to know. You're sitting here today with some things that are not quite in sync with God. And it would be, it would be nice... It will be helpful if in your spirit, even while you're sitting there, just to say, God, I just want to yield to you. I want to know what you have for me today. I don't want to miss that. And while this will be a very different service, well, it'll be a di- not very different. It'll be a different service in some ways. Um, I believe the message can be a help and an encouragement to all of us. Two verses. We'll just we've already read one of them. We're in Ephesians 5. Look at verses 18 and 19. Please look at, the, at what it says. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But if something's going to control your life, rather than it being alcohol, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's some natural things that begin to happen when somebody is filled with the Spirit. The result of that becomes look in verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, there's a whole lot in that. And some may say, you're going to preach a whole message on that verse. Yes, I am. And could preach several messages from that, and I'll just, just this one here today. But let me have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into this. This morning. God, thank you again. It's really a blessing to be in the Word of God. And Father, we thank you that you want to lead our lives and to direct us and to show us, Lord, we're just human. We make so many mistakes. Uh, We're so faulty in so many areas. We need our God to lead us. Lord, could each one of us, even right now, just pause and yield to you and just ask you to take control and you speak to our hearts in the way that uh, you'll you, you want us to hear and then to respond. We'll give you all the glory and the honor for it, and I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Singing at church. Already covered on what it means to to be filled with the Spirit. And again, today I want to deal with an aspect um, of the worship of God at church that to me is second only to the preaching of God's Word, and that has to do with the singing during a church service. And, it, and it's not limited to church. This is something that we would do really um, throughout the day uh, that I think God would encourage us to do that. But uh, again, today's message is singing at church. I read, uh, I read the illustration the other day about some missionaries who, uh, they'd gone into this remote tribe I don't know where the tribe was, it could have been in Africa, it could have been in some other um, third world country, but it was some very remote tribe that very few people had ever been to, and had begun to be able to communicate with them, and one of the strangest things they found out about that tribe of people was that, uh, unlike most other people they'd ever been around, whatever country they'd ever gone to, whatever tribe or civilization they had found, unlike most all of the other ones, this tribe had no music whatsoever. They didn't play the drums like a lot of um, those other tribes will do. They had no singing. They had no dancing. It was just something that was different to that tribe. They had no music at all, but they began to be able to communicate with them and explain to them. They begin to understand the gospel that Christ died for their sins and that they were sinners and they they needed a savior and that God would wash those sins away in his own blood and receive us as a child of God. And they started little bit at a time and one at a time, uh, they started getting saved in that church and they came to know Christ or in that tribe, uh, um, began to know Christ as their savior. And a good number of them got saved and Pretty much the whole tribe came to know the Lord. And one of the things that began to change in that tribe was they wanted to sing. They had never done that. It was just something that wanted to happen inside of them. They had heard the missionaries sing their choruses and songs, and it became a great desire of heart. And the missionaries began to lead those natives, fellow Christians now, uh, how to sing songs. And it's another way that we're able to rejoice in the Lord and to give God praise is by the singing that we do. I I hope we understand that, that as we come to the house of God, when we sing, it's not a filler. It's a praise to God. We serve an audience of one, and God is listening to what we have to say, and I think we need to be sure that we try to give Him His glory as we work our way uh, through our worship service. All right? So number one... uh, Let let me say this. Verse 19, God shows us two different people or persons who are to be affected by the music that you sing. By the music that takes place from your heart or in a congregation, there are two different, I'll just say, persons that are affected if you look at them there with me again. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I don't know if you caught that, but it's to yourselves, and it's to the Lord, all right? And those are the two, that's my two points here this morning. So first of all, we affect one another with our singing, and I want to draw out just exactly what God said there in verse 19. First thing God said in that verse was, once I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm yielded to the Lord, I, I've confessed any sin in my life, and I, best I know how, I have a, I have a walk with God, Um, one of the first things that will begin to happen is that I want to sing. There will be a new song in my heart. That's what the Bible says when you get saved. God puts a new song in your heart. There's music and melody that you have never had before. It comes from God himself. Uh, When we sing in church, whether the congregationals or any choruses that we might sing in a church... God tells us that we are, first of all, he says, speaking to ourselves. Um, <clears throat> so what does he mean by that? And if you can, let me try to explain what I think God was saying there. When, I'm, when I sing how I'm speaking to you, or how, when you sing in the congregation a, a, a hymn, how are you speaking to other people around you? You might be saying, I don't want them to hear my singing, but please listen to this. Um, Romans 15 and verse 2 says let every one of us please his neighbor for good, uh, for his good to edification. So in other words, my goal should be when I come to church is to try to be pleasing in my lifestyle towards you so that you can be edified, which means you're built up, you're strengthened as a, as a Christian. First uh, Corinthians puts it like this in chapter 14 and verse 3, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, the word prophesy there means to preach, speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. In other words, when the Word of God is spoken, it builds lives up. I leave here a stronger person in the Lord. Um, You can hold your place in Ephesians. Go to the right till you find uh, the book of Hebrews, if you will the book of Hebrews, it's one of the larger books toward the end of the Bible and notice what God says here in chapter 10 how God says it Hebrews 10 I love hearing the pages rustle that's really good I looked up one time and there was a young person sitting down front of the row and he just had his bible flipping it back and forth and back and forth making me think he was looking in the bible you're not doing that are you you're there in hebrews 10 right um hebrews 10 look in verse 24 and listen to how god talks to the church here and let us guys he's talking to us now this is the voice of god really This is his word he's talking to every person here and let us consider notice those next words one another to provoke, which means to motivate, unto love and to good works. He says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. But notice what he says, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. My mom would say, um, uh, Philip, wait till your daddy gets home and I knew the hour was approaching. My daddy was coming, and I there was a reckoning. Well, when he says this, so much the more as you see the day approaching, he's talking about the day that God comes to take us back to live with him, and knowing that we have such little time to be able to do anything about whatever we're going to do for God, he says, do it now. Uh, to provoke one another unto love and to good works is what God clearly wants. He tells us to let all things be done, to edify one another, and the word edify means to, again, to build up or to strengthen. I should be a stronger, better person when I leave church because of you, and you should be a stronger and a a better person in Christ when you leave church because of everybody around us. It's in the Word of God And how did he mean for me to help build you up? Well, I realize I get to preach, but how is the person at the end of the pew supposed to help build you up and edify you as the day of Christ is approaching? So uh, when he tells us to speak to yourselves in verse 19, what he wants us to do is to build up one another, and in this particular way that we're supposed to do it is I'm supposed to help build you up by music. The way I sing and the way... I participate during a church service singing uh, those songs. Our congregationals first helps build up one another. You say, really? Yeah, really. Now, I'm going I'm to name some songs, and I don't know if they'll be familiar to everybody here, but let me, let me relate to you for just a minute. So when a, when a church is singing a song like, He's the Lily of the Valley, He's the Bright in the Morning Star, Uh, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Let me just tell you what that does. It plants uh, Bible principles in my heart. It just does. I cannot help that when that word of God goes through my mind, it sticks. You say, oh, it doesn't have that much of an effect. I've told you before, I have walked out of grocery stores and, uh, and boy, this has been a lot of years ago, but I'm I'm getting in the car singing one of the Beatles songs, humming one of them, and I'm like, where did that come from? Well, I remember it was, in, it, was in the, it was in the store, all right, and it stuck, and it got into my head. I'm just saying, yes, when you hear something sung, it'll get into your heart. It'll get into your mind. It'll begin to work on you and affect who you are. What you may not realize is just how much you are being built up by the songs that are being sung in a congregation. It is so much more than somebody just singing words so we can get through the message and get on out of here. God wants you to be a stronger person having come to church. So he's the lily of the valley. And when it just reminds me that when I'm going through a valley in my life, it's amazing how the Spirit of God pulls back on my memory and says, you know, I begin to sing that little song, he's the lily of the valley. When I'm going through my dark time and it's hard, you know the lily in the valley is that sweet fragrance when everything else is dark and ugly praise God when I can find something to encourage and challenge my heart a golden nugget from the word of God and I'll sing that song or that song will go through my mind it helps encourage and to challenge me Um, how about the song no never alone how many of you remember that song I'm just curious remember singing that song and it's obvious what it's talking about there that I'm never alone as long as Christ is with me So I want to just tell you that, guys, you encourage me. You encourage those people around you. When I hear that song being sung, you help build me up by reminding me that I am never alone. Even during the times when I feel so all alone and wonder where is God, I love the way those hymns just have a way of working their way back up in my heart and reminding me I'm never alone. It builds my life up. And we'll we'll sing this one later on, but how about Amazing Grace? anybody ever seen the movie that was made about this guy and what uh, his life was like? What a wretched man that guy really was, a slave trader. And while he was out on a, on a ship during a severe storm, God Almighty got a hold of that guy and showed him what a wretch he really was. And he cried out to God and he got saved. God changed that man's life and he wrote the words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I love that song. And it's a blessing to my heart to be reminded. God changed an old sinner like me as well. And now I'm a child of God. It's a blessing to be able to sing those songs and to lift my heart to the Lord. And to know that, yes, it is to the Lord. But it's also to the people that are sitting around us here this morning. Um, so guys, when we sing, sing. And I'll tell you all the things I've heard. Oh, you don't want me to sing. (laughs) I'll hear the spouses say, you don't want him to sing. (laughs) I've heard them say, you don't want her to sing. And they'll sit there and go, you don't want me to sing. Nope. You don't want to hear that noise that comes out of my mouth. (laughs) It's nothing to do with music when it comes out of my mouth. Um, You let God be the judge of that. blesses my heart pastor you ever hear somebody singing off tune in church yep guess what they're in church and they're singing and they're doing their best to give god his glory and i'll I'll be honest with you it blesses my heart i mean so much to me i i I don't care if it's shrill well maybe it's just a little bad Or if it's, you know, the guy that all he can sing is one note. And honestly, I've heard guys, that's, all, that's the only note they have. Uh, uh, but they're singing. You know what blesses me so much about those people? It's the words that they're saying and the spirit of their heart that comes out and it works into my spirit, man. That means so much to me. They did the best they could do. And guess what? That's all God ever asked of anybody, is the best you can do. He didn't ask me to be able to sing like uh, George Beverly Shea. (laughs) Watch this. How many knows who George Beverly Shea is? Is there three of us? Oh, there's still a bunch of us who know that voice. God didn't ask me to be able to sing like one of the greatest singers on earth at this time. God told me all I want out of you is to hear Philip Spencer sing. He loves it. I'm his favorite singer. And so are you. But it's a blessing to the people that are around us. It's speaking to yourselves in those numbers of ways that we get to sing. It's a a blessing, it's it's an encouragement to my heart. Um, So, uh, again, when you sing, think about what you're saying. And I say that many times. You'll hear me say that. I'll tell you, don't just sing these songs. Look at those words. I mean, really look at those words and know what they are saying. And let them make the, the, that godly impression on your heart that God intended them to make on your heart. It, and let me say this, guys. If there's a word or a phrase or a line of a song that's sung, and you're like, I didn't get that. That's one of those songs written hundreds of years ago, and I don't know what that guy meant about being on a bark. Um, because a bark to us is a dog, a noise a dog makes, but it's talking about being on a ship in life. If you come up on a word in a song that you don't understand or know what it means, then please listen to me. You have a project then for the rest of the day. You go and find out what those words mean. Know what you're singing. It needs to make sense to you. That's why God said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, listen to these words. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit And I will pray with the understanding also. Listen to these words. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. You need to understand what you're singing. You need to know the words of a song. Um, So uh, make sure your children understand the hymns. They need to understand what they're singing just like us. Um, Talk about the hymns to them at home and question them to see if they understand. You say, well, our kids, they, they, they get it. Um, let me just tell you, my nephew, Matt, when he was in pre- uh, Christian preschool, um, they had memorized Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, in, and it goes on. And, and so my twin sister, Phyllis, uh, his mom, would say, Matt, let me hear you quote that. And he would say, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seed of the cornfield. And she'd say, what did you say? And he would mumble that last little phrase. And he would, she said, speak up, I, I can't hear you, I want to hear you. And he says, uh, he that sitteth in the seeds in the cornfield. And he thought that's what they were saying. But they really do say, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Your kids need to know what we're singing, mom and dad. Everybody awake right now? Have you noticed when they hit 18 and 19 years old and they walk out the doors of this church, how many of them don't come back? That breaks my heart. Some of it has to do with the fact that they've not learned how to let the Spirit of God be prompted and motivate them in the ways that God's beginning to say to us here, and this is just the first one, that when you're filled with the Spirit, it's just one of the first things, but it works its way right into our homes, guys. And when we're filled with the Spirit, that's what's going to happen. Um, he's going to explain to us what a change it makes, not just here at the house of God, but at, but at home as well. And And I just would challenge you, please, when the Spirit of God is filling us as a Spirit filled family, I'm not saying it's the perfect family that never makes mistakes. There is no family like that. But it's a family that's trying to live for God. Those children need to know what they're singing. It's very important. Um, And I challenge you to ask your kids if you found a line in a song that we were singing that was difficult. Please talk to them about that on the way home. What do you guys think that means? And if they don't get it, explain to them. They need to let principles sink into their heart, and it will become foundational to who they are later on in life. I promise you. It will give them grace and strength to live their lives out for the Lord. So why do we sing gospel hymns here at, at our church? Um, other churches I've been to, they've gotten rid of the old songbooks. Everything that they do is up on the wall. And um, why does this church use the hymns? Uh, And and I can't address that to the fullest extent here this morning, but what I can tell you about some of the hymns that we sing, most of them were written during some of the most severe times in Christians' lives. Um, It is well with my soul. You're very familiar with how that man's uh, I think it was some of his daughters were drowned in the ocean. And when he got on a ship and made his way out to that portion of the water, um, he realized this is somewhere near where my family, or uh, a good portion of my family, drowned. And he went down uh, and sat down and wrote out that song, It's, it's Well With My Soul. It's amazing uh, how under strong uh, um, trial and tribulation and duress that people are in, uh, even amazing grace. Uh, was written during some of the most severe times in people's lives when they reached down to the depths of their heart and had to find God and wrote words that were um, so used by God to bring them out of the pit. And um, that's why some of them were written the way they're written. And with some of the words that they have, you say, we just don't use those kind of words now today. I know, but they help us so much to know what they mean. And I want to challenge you to understand that that's why we sing uh, those gospel hymns. There's a depth to the old hymns that we cannot miss. And just, please hear me, just a casual half-hearted singing will not grasp the edifying truths that we need to be hearing. Please, when you're singing a song, I need to hear you sing that does something for my heart. The people beside you need that. It's uh, speaking to yourselves in those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's, It's for you or your spouse. Let your children see that it means something to you when you're singing in church. Let them see that it's not just a casual thing and you're just looking around the church. Let him see that my mommy, my, my daddy is engaged. This means something to my daddy when he's singing about the amazing grace of God. And let them stand back and wonder, why is that so important to my mom and daddy? And let those truths begin to work into their little hearts. It'll help change them. It'll edify them. It'll build them up. So number one, when you sing, you're building the lives of those up around you. And then at the end of verse 19, number two today, He tells us that the Lord is to be affected by our music. Can you look there again in verse 19? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. And you just can't miss this, guys. To the Lord. To God. God is listening. God is longing to hear my heart sing truths that were developed out of this book that resonate in my heart, and that mean the world to me, and to see me being able to worship how great my God really is when we sing, How Great Thou Art. What do you think it does to a God in heaven when His children are singing from the depths of their heart that I serve a great God? And it was amazing grace that brought me to the place where I'm at. It does something for God when I sing uh, those songs also to the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. When you sing with melody, please understand this, it brings the soul and the body into harmony. It just does. You know what melody is? If you're singing with melody, it's a little bit of a clinical sentence. But a melody is a pleasing succession of rising and falling notes. In other words, the notes rise and they fall in a pleasing way. Um, For instance, how many of you just cannot wait for your alarm clock to go off? Eh, 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 eh. I mean, that's the one noise it has. And now they have that waterfall music, if you want it. They've got harps that play nice, soothing, go-back-to-sleep music. You push the button 12 times now. Um, But it does bring the soul into harmony with the body. Melody. That's what melody will do for you. Um, And so why don't we have a little more contemporary pounding music in the church? Uh, And let me just, and again, another whole message that, that is deserving of, but a constant steady beat goes against the makeup of the soul and the body. It just does. Our, um, I want to find out who bought our grandchildren. We had all of our family home, all my daughters and their spouses and their their children. Uh, does anybody know how many we had in our house <laughs> over Christmas holiday? We had 14 in our house. And, and Riker, Riker and David were at the kitchen table, and I want to know who bought them this rock-like thing that you take a uh, chisel and a hammer... And you pound on this rock, all over this rock on a kitchen table, uh, and find the dinosaurs hidden inside. Who bought those, Yvette? You didn't buy those. I mean, why didn't somebody just go buy him little plastic dinosaurs? Because I'm sitting in the living room doing something very constructive, watching a football game. And all I can hear is bam, 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 bam. Same noise over and over and over and over and over. It's beginning to grind against my makeup. Um, I don't wear makeup, just who I am. I'm just saying a strong, steady beat does not challenge and lift up and harmonize the soul and body. It does not. But that's what melody is. It's a pleasing succession of rising and falling notes uh, with uh, biblical words attached to them and it, it, will, it will do something for the, the heart and soul so first then, if a song's going to give God glory, the words of those songs need to be true and biblical words the theology of the words need to be correct as well what we're saying needs to be correct biblically and then the music that carries the words needs to be biblical notice that it says singing, making Melody in your hearts, and then to the Lord. I'm, I'm getting down to where we're, we're about done here today. When we sing, we need to be sure that God, not man, is being glorified. Can you, can you look up here? Please hear what I'm saying. I know I've been here for 39 years, and you say, Preacher, we worship a lot different in some ways. Can we, can we add a few things to the worship service, liven it up just a little bit. Um, and I, and I, here's what I, I just want to say. There may be some godly, biblical things that could be added, and, and, and there, I'm sure in time there will be, but I have strongly endeavored to not make a worship service an entertainment time for people that come And are entertained and leave feeling like that was a great service, man. That was awesome. I got to, you know, I had a worship band up there. Man, that guy on the guitar could really bounce up and down on the stage. And and what we're going to miss so much of, guys, is the fact that when we when we sing in a church, it's not to be entertained at all. That's not what it's about. It will bless your heart, and you will be challenged, and you will be edified, and you'll leave here feeling like God is so good when it's done in the right way because I'm singing to ourselves, but the, the one that we sing to most is God. I'm going to lift your heart. Tell Him what it means that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Sing from your heart. Lift it up and praise Him, and maybe for the first time in your life, Uh, Don't even be conscious that there's someone around me wondering what my singing is like. Praise the Lord in your song. Again, let me challenge you with this thought. When we sing congregationals, they're not just for those who like to sing or for those gifted ones. It's not just for them, although, praise God, we have those people in our church. Amen? Or they're not just, you know, that old tradition that's been carried on for hundreds of years and the Baptists just don't know how to update. It's not that they're just traditional, guys. It's not that. It's that they're biblical. And I'll just say this. They help build up my faith. They help edify me. They help build up your faith. They help edify you. And they glorify God on high. So if I could say everything I just said in one little short line, let me say it this way. When we sing, sing. Really sing. Give God his glory and be a blessing uh, to those around you. All right? So here's what I said we were going to do. I want to close with the song Amazing Grace. Do we have the musicians still in here?